Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is a message brought to our church by a guest speaker. We hope that it is a blessing to you, and we would love to hear how God has used it in your life. Romans chapter number one, if your health allows you to, once again, would you stand for the reading of God's word? Romans chapter number one, what I love about this passage of scripture here in Romans chapter one is Paul begins really with this salutation. He begins with this uh, introduction here as he begins to talk to these people. Then really, uh, verse number one through five is kind of this introduction. This verse number six and seven is uh, kind of a greeting to the church here. And then Paul really is longing to visit at Rome, and so he gives somewhat of this exhortation to the people here. And this exhortation really is this, this uplifting, this encouragement, this really help to the people of uh, uh, kind of what uh, was taking place in their life, but also in his life. So I want us to read one verse. We're going to back up and go through several of these verses tonight. Well, would you look with me at verse number 15? Verse number 15. Here's what Paul said. He says this, Romans 1, verse number 15. So as much as is in me, excuse me, so as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. I'm ready to preach the gospel. For just a moment, I want to concentrate on this passage of scripture and preach a message entitled, The Heart of a Christian. The Heart of a Christian. Let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Father, thank you, Lord, for this evening. Lord, as Pastor Dennis just said, our hearts can get heavy at times. There, there's no doubt. Our, our mind is on Pastor Connor and his wife. And Lord, be with Jeanette. God, as, as Pastor Dennis and I prayed, Lord, really, you can heal her without another appointment in a hospital or doctor ever. You, you can touch her body. Help us to be as bold as to pray just that. Not to be scared if it doesn't come true, but Lord, we're just going to step out by faith and ask you to touch her body. That our kids never have to find her in that situation again. Or uh, Pastor Connor never has to see her going through a seizure in her body. And Lord, the frightening thing is, Lord, that they don't know what's going on. But you do. You made her body. You're the creator of it. So be with her. Lord, our hearts can get heavy when we think about Miss Anita this evening. And uh, Father, those who have gone on before, three years to the day. But Lord, we can be encouraged tonight that we're going to see him again very soon in heaven. That, Father, we're going to walk on that street of gold. That we're going to meet those who have gone on before us. But, Father, it's an amazing thought that very soon, especially if the trumpet sounds, we're going to see you face to face. Oh, Savior, what a day that will be. We're looking forward to it. But, Father, as we're here tonight, help us to be encouraged in the word. Lord, help us not to be scared of, of conviction in our heart tonight, but help us to embrace it. Help us to change where we need to be changed. Lift us up where we need to be lifted up. Father, without a doubt, in this culture, in this society, we need you. We need the gospel. Father, we love you. In your son's holy and precious name I pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Paul here in this passage of scripture wrote the epistle of Romans. It was written before Paul had made this journey into Rome. It's a very important book of the Bible, the book of Romans, and we've heard it preached through many, many times and many messages from it. And even there are sure, I, I'm sure many even in this room that have memorized passage of scripture to walk people through uh, the salvation plan and what we often call the Romans road. 
What I love about this book is there's much application for the Christian that is living in 2021. There's a great checkup that comes here in our spiritual life. What I love about the Word of God often, now watch this very carefully, church. I love about, uh, so much about the Word of God is there are many on the Discovery Channel or many on the History Channel or many in Hollywood that will try to break down and or tear down the Word of God. They'll try to put doubt in our hearts that this is not a living book. They'll try to put in our hearts that there's some errors in there. It's, well, it's, it's a good book, and, and Christ was a good teacher, but yeah, there's some things in here that just doesn't line up. Can I tell you, friend, God created the universe. He gave us his preserved, inspired, inerrant word of God for the English-speaking people living today and for those who speak many different other languages around the globe. If he can create it, he can preserve it, and he is perfect for you and I living in 2021. In fact, oftentimes I read it and think, man, I feel like this is better than any or, 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 or more relevant than any podcast that I'm listening to. It, it's more alive than any book that I'm reading that has just been written in the last decade. When you read the Word of God, the amazing thing about it is some of the text is thousands of years old, and yet still it is applicable for our marriages, for bringing up kids and grandkids, for living in a society that you and I live in. It's relevant for us today. But what is so relevant about it is it really helps you and I know our spiritual condition especially the spiritual condition of our heart. I'm wearing this evening, whether you're a techie or not, it's no big deal, but I'm wearing tonight an Apple Watch. Uh, I was given this Apple Watch. It was a gift to me. I, I love this Apple Watch. I'm kind of an Apple guy. I carry an iPhone and I have an iPad and I have this iWatch. And what I love about this iWatch is I can click this little button right here. I can hit this and, and it will tell me how many beats per minute my heart is pumping. Just like that. I can hit it and it'll tell me. Sometimes it's really fun. Like uh, right before I, I get up to preach, I get really excited. My adrenaline gets to go and I'm just ready to get in the Word and, and I'll look at it. And my heart is beating 400 beats per minute. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So we're like, oh, you're Pastor, you better head to the hospital. No, and it's, if it's going faster because that adrenaline. Well, what does this watch do? Even if now uh, the technology is in this, that if my heart was to go into AFib and or if my heart is beating uh, at uh, too low of beats per minute, uh, my, my watch will actually alert me that something's wrong. Your, your heart's, there's something in there. It's not, it's not not right. It's never done that, and I thank the Lord for that. I feel like my heart is pretty strong, but nonetheless, the, the watch is here to monitor my physical heart. But you understand that this watch cannot monitor my spiritual heart. This watch does not tell me or alert me when I have a wrong thought or when I'm doing something that I ought not to be. But we do have something that can monitor our spiritual heart, and it's called the Word of God. The Word of God is used to monitor our spiritual heart and warn us when we are off track. That means this, if we begin to tonight, now listen and watch very carefully, and we begin to talk about the, the spiritual heart, we begin to talk about the, 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 the shape that our spiritual heart is in, what automatically comes to your mind, not for somebody else, because aren't we good at that? We talked about that this morning. Aren't we really good, Pastor Dennis, at looking at somebody else and, well, yeah, I, I know what their heart is. It's very black, or it's, boy, I'm glad they're hearing this message tonight, because they are a very bitter person, and or uh, my spouse, sure wish they were here tonight. 
tonight because they really need to hear this. But it's not thinking about everybody else, but let's think about our own hearts for just a moment. If we could monitor our own hearts, what if perhaps as scary as it would be, what if we could put up on these monitors tonight, and I, I were to say, uh, let's, let's, Pastor Dennis, put up here, what our heart are, is like tonight. I wonder what would pop up if we went row by row by row, and up here, the spiritual condition of our heart would begin to tell us, well, so-and-so, here's the condition of their heart. The condition of their heart is they, they hurt for those who are hurting. That's what I love about your pastor and his wife. There's several times throughout this week that they have talked about couples or they've talked about individuals in their church or they've talked about what it's going to take place in building a building and tears come to their eyes. They're emotional. They're happy. They're excited. And somewhat even take on the grief of uh, the sheep that are in the fold. What is our spiritual heart? Could we say that maybe our heart is breaking for the hurting or maybe somebody's heart would show up tonight and was stone cold with bitterness. They're upset at something that took place in 1989 and they were hurt. Or perhaps in 1993, they were abused. Or perhaps in 2001, they went through a hard season and they've never gotten over it. There's hurt that has come in their life where, where, where maybe they've moved on, but the unforgiveness is still there. Maybe if we were looking at these monitors tonight, somebody would say, oh, they've got a mean-spirited heart, or they've got a heart that, that is fixed on the things of God. They've got a heart that's joyful, or a heart that's full of grace, or a heart that's full of mercy. What is it that would display uh, uh, up on these screens if we were to look at the condition of our heart this evening? Well, as scary as that might be, we don't have to. Because God already knows the condition of our heart. He already knows. Now, isn't it amazing, dads, that we could be scared of what would show up on that screen? Moms, we could be scared of what would show up. Grandmas, grandpas, we'd be scared of what would pop up here. Isn't that a fearful thing to think that everyone would know the condition of our heart? But you know what we ought to be more fearful of? is not the condition of our heart to others, but that God already knows the condition of our heart. He already knows where our heart is at. He already knows the thoughts that we've had already this evening. He knows the thoughts that we're having right now. Paul in this passage of Scripture really has a heart that can be modeled. Maybe he didn't know it as he was penning these words. But God was going to preserve the word and was going to allow us to peek into a man's heart that literally penned these words. Be ye followers of me as even as I also am in Christ. Be ye followers of me. Be ye followers of my heart as I follow my Savior. If we're going to look at the condition of the heart tonight, I want you to write down several things that a heart ought to have or a heart ought to show this evening. Number one, would you write this down? Number one, Christians have a thankful heart. Christians, number one, have a thankful heart. Look with me at verse number eight here in this passage of Scripture. Look at verse number eight. Look what it says. It says, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Isn't that an amazing thought that this is a day and age when we complain about everything? 
This is a day and age where we get upset if we're not the first one in the line or if we're in a line at a, a Starbucks or in line to get coffee or in line to go through a drive-thru and it doesn't go fast enough. We're upset and we complain when somebody treated me wrong and somebody talked about me. I, I didn't get my seat in church and I didn't get to sing on a Sunday morning or they put me on the nursery schedule at this time or I was mistreated by a spouse. Isn't it amazing that you and I live our life oftentimes and we're always complaining. Yet here's how Paul starts this letter. He says, first I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. Paul could have started his letter any way that he wanted to. Paul could have started his letter. Think about this. At this time in Paul's life, <laughs> this is amazing. God. Paul could have started his letter by saying this. You know what? I just want to tell your church, first of all, here it is. I've been mistreated. I just want to tell you, first of all, I just want to complain a little bit that I've been caned and I've been stoned and I've been whipped and now I've been shipwrecked. I've been treated very unfairly. I, I mean, I, I, magistrates have come up against me. I've been on my own. Uh, people have forgotten about me. Others have abandoned me. Isn't it amazing that Paul could have taken this time as many of us probably would have done if we were writing this letter and we would have gone through all the ways that we've been mistreated. First of all, I just want to tell you, Church, how amazing I am because here's how I've been mistreated. Here's the bad things that have happened in my life. I mean, here's what we've been introduced to in 2020. And here's what we've had to go through. And here's the lockdowns. And here's what's not open. And here's where I got to wear a mask. And here's where this is not fair. And here's what they think. And here's what this thing's and politics. And, and we would name it all in all the ways of everything that's gone bad. But Paul didn't start the letter that way. He said, Here's the first thing that I want to do. I just want to tell you that I am so thankful for you. And may you and I always have that type of attitude that no matter what's taking place in our life, we always have that thankful spirit. I've said it several times this week, and I, I don't know why, it's just the Lord keeps laying on my heart, but I've said several times that I, I am thankful for men and women that God has placed in my heart and in my life. And I hope this week, Pastor Fountain and Mrs. Fountain, that, that you have understood my heart in thanking you for the seeds that you planted in my life. May we all go back and think about people who God has placed in our life and be thankful for them. Teenagers, being thankful for your parents of being thankful for our spouse. I just wonder oftentimes, that, again, nobody said to say this, I just kind of follow the Holy Spirit, but I think oftentimes we, we forget to thank our pastor's wife. Ever thought about that? I mean, a pastor, yeah, we stand up in the pulpit, boy, uh, shuck the corn today, boy, I'm telling you, pastor, uh, just stepped all over my toes. Do we not, we hear it, we walk out, well, it was just good, and that was great. But, but we forget that, that there's the pastor's wife day in, day out, getting the kids ready, here early, checking the bathrooms, turning on lights, getting the nurseries going, sweeping, goes through, singing on front line, playing a guitar, piano, greeting people on the way out, crying with people in the back office, and it's just Oftentimes we're in the limelight, but can I say this even? We ought to walk up to people like our pastor's wife and just say, it's probably been a while or maybe never, but I just want to thank you for doing what you do. Thank you, Sunday school teacher, for what you do. Thank you, mom. Thank you, dad. Thank you, grandparent. Thank Whatever the case might be, may we have the attitude of Paul. I just want to put a smile on my face and say this. Look, church, I am thankful for you. And friend, me, I put it this way. 
I, if we're ever going to win Moses Lake to the Lord, it's not going to be a big shiny new building. It's not going to be a new sound system. It's not going to be a lot of new mics or a state-of-the-art system to where we can uh, broadcast around the world. I'm here to tell you what is going to change Moses Lake and bring people to the gospel of Jesus Christ is our attitude in the community. It's a smile on the face. It's not a complaining, bitter, mad spirit, but it's a spirit that's thankful that we get to come into this building tonight and praise the Lord Jesus Christ for everything that he's done in our life. Thankful. You know, sometimes, look, look, there's a fleshly side to this too. It, it kind of does feel good. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. It does kind of feel good just to have somebody say, hey, thank you. Does it not? Well, Pastor Shepard, you're so worldly. You just want, I just be honest with you. Maybe it's just me, but I kind of like when somebody says, hey, I really appreciate that. I'm like, but you know, if we're really honest, we have to give praise to God anyways. Look, it's not Thomas Shepard that's come here this weekend or Carrie Shepard that's, or the music or, or, the, or the question and answer. As amazing as it was, Pastor Fountain, you and your wife, but I say really all the glory and the honor goes to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's the one that put the oxygen in our lungs. He's the one that gave us the mind and the brain and the talents to, to accomplish what we are able to accomplish, excuse me, for, through him. So let me put it this way. When's the last time we just thanked him? Thank you, Lord. Yeah, I think sometimes we take the Lord's Supper, and that's when we go back to, yeah, Lord, thank you for what you've done, and thank you, Savior, for, you know, dying on the crosses, breaking the bread, the, the, the juice, the blood that you spill. But what about every Sunday night we just stop and praise and thank him? You see, Christians, number one, have a thankful heart, but number two, Christians have a prayerful heart. Romans chapter 1, look now at verse number 9. Look what the Bible says. For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my, look at the wording here, prayers. Paul said, hey, I might not be able to come there, but I am praying for you. He told a young preacher by the name of Timothy, he said, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. It's you and I praying for the impossible. It was one missionary that said the greatest tragedy in life are the prayers that go unanswered because they go unasked. May you and I be serious about praying, but it's how often... Look, let's just get to the nitty-gritty for just a moment. Isn't it amazing how often we will come down, and maybe even on a Sunday night, we're going to come down and we're going to kneel at an altar, and we're going to sit here, and I, I just wonder, I don't know what it is, okay? I don't know, but I wonder what the percentage of prayers that go up are specifically for. You ready for this? Us. You ever thought about that? I hear you down. Lord, I need your help. This bill, God, get me out of debt. Lord, help my husband. Give, uh, Lord, help my wife. Help, Lord, I need, I need this. I've got to have, Lord, this is not going right. It's me, it's us. It's what I need to be fixed, uh, whether it's the immediate family or, or the context of ourselves. And yet, here Paul says, he starts writing this letter. Look, I'm thankful for you. And to be honest with you, I'm actually going to pray for you. And he told that young preacher, look, make prayers for all men. 
Look, we can stop tonight and say, look, Pastor Dennis, we're, we're kind of in a hurry to see this. We want to see the end of the Super Bowl. We want to get on with it. I mean, do we really have to pause to pray for, you know, Pastor Paul and his wife? I mean, it kind of takes up time. Excuse me, friend. I'd rather stop for a moment and pray for someone because you and I know that at some point, you and I are going to go through a hard time. And I want to know that I've got friends and loved ones all around the globe that are going to pray for me and my family. Let me put it this way. The church, I'm just telling you this evening, Satan does not like what's taking place here. He does not like that you're talking about a new building. He does not like that you're meeting on a Sunday night. He does not like that marriages were renewed this past weekend. He does not like that there are those that raised their hand and want to get saved. He does not like the songs that we're saying today about the fountain and the blood of Jesus Christ and the cross and uh, 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 every day spending time with God. Satan hates that. I hear at Moses Lake Baptist Church, there is a massive bullseye that's up here on this steeple. Satan is not uh, impressed with your past accomplishes accomplishments. He wants to squash what God is doing right now. So can I put it this way? Every single one of us ought to be praying for each other. When we hear those prayer requests, it's not daydreaming, but it's saying, look, I just want to pray for Miss Anita today. I'm going to pray for Pastor Connor tonight. I'm going to pray and look around the building this evening and pick out those like Maxine and others. I'm going to pray for them and I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to pray for Brother Brian. I'm going to pray for Miss Beth and I'm going to pray for and maybe they'll never know but you and I ought to have the heart of a prayer warrior not only this we see number three Christians have a willing heart a willing heart look at verse number 10 here in this passage of scripture it says making request if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God look what it says here to come unto you Paul at this time in his life, <laughs> he has a pretty impressive resume. When he's writing this letter, he's already been through a lot. And a lot of churches have been planted. Paul could have said, you know what, church, by any means now, I'd like to come to you. But, <laughs> you know, been through it. Golf course calling my name. Boat out on the, on the lake. Kind of take it easy. Fill up the barns, I fill, tear them down, build bigger, put it in. I, I tell you, I put in my time. Maybe some younger people need to step up to the plate. No, no, no. Paul's heart was this. Look, if by any means I, I want to come unto you. He's not saying I'm going to send others. He said, I myself, I want to come. Too often in our local churches, we're willing to let others do all the heavy lifting. Is the next Sunday that is the volunteer Sunday? I forgot what you call it, Pastor Dennis. Can I, just, can I just put it this way this evening? Every heart in here tonight ought to be praying about where we can get involved in the local church. Now, you've heard Pastor say it. Because oftentimes, it's so true. Is it not in our flesh? Look, I'll just be honest. <laughs> I don't know if I should even say this. I was just going to say, nobody ever asked me to sing on a group, ever. I don't think I've ever been asked, like, hey, why don't you be in this quartet? And there's been times they're looking around like, hey, we need somebody to sing tenor or bass or, or lead or whatever. And you know, I'm like the little kid that wants to be picked for the basketball team, you know, like, la, la, la. You know, I'm, like, I'm like Barney on Andy Griffith, but I was way out there, okay? And I'm trying, I'm trying, but I, I just, be honest, I mean, nobody's, nobody's asking me to sing on a front line. There's other places I could serve. But we never get in our, in our, 
in our thought life that, well, it's the preacher, and then it's the deacons, and well, then it's the Sunday school teachers, and then it's, I'm just here to tell you, friend, whether you have a snow shovel shoveling the, the outside snow, or, or wiping down a sink, or watching the kids up in the nursery, I'm just here to tell you, friend, all of us, the ground is level at Calvary, friend. The body of Christ has a lot of different body parts, but we're all members of our Abba Father. It's you and I coming to together and having the heart and saying, look, Miss Hannah, I, I, I don't know where I could serve. I mean, maybe I could stand in the back and, and hand out cookies with gloves on, or, or, or maybe I could, I could kind of sit in a nursery, or, or I kind of have even techie. Maybe some of you college students or teenagers, I'm a little bit techie, so I wouldn't mind, you know, but Robert, Brother Brian, would, would you mind if I kind of just sat up here and kind of learned, or, or is there something, maybe the baptistry need to be cleaned, or, or where, can, can I just tell you tonight, we're not going to get to a place next week and Pastor Dennis is going to stand up and say, okay, that's it. That's it. Well, we're done. We're done. Places are all full. That's it. Head on out. Head on out. We're just, I, I'll be honest, I don't know if a church that has ever done that. We've never done that. <laughs> no, we need you. Every single one of you, you got to be willing. From those of you who are just married and don't have kids all the ways up to you, to those who, who, who have been married and maybe a spouse has passed away or maybe you're in the fourth quarter of your life. Let me just put it this way. It's not an age of we just, we've all got to come together. Why? Because our heart ought to be willing that heart ought to be willing to say, no matter what, I'm not pushing it off on somebody else. Or it, 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 I think it's a staff. Well, I think it's them. Or they haven't been safe for long. Let them do it. I put in my time. No, it's a willing or willful heart. Number four, would you write this down? Number four, Christians have a sharing heart. A sharing heart. Look at verse number 11 here, this passage of scripture. It says, for I long to see you. Now watch what he says. That I may impart unto you some spiritual gift that to the end ye may be, look at the wording here, established. Paul's desire was to establish the Roman believers in sound doctrine. It was sound biblical doctrine that will hold both the believer and the local church together when storms will come. That's why so many churches in our culture are closing their doors today. That's why they haven't made it through the pandemic. That's why they haven't made it through maybe an economy that I'm sure even Moses Lake has gone through at times. Why is it that we see today so many churches closing their doors? So many uh, Christians calling it quits. I'll tell you why. It's because there is no doctrinal grounding. In fact, the Bible puts it this way. Psalm chapter 11, verse number 3. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? It was Hosea that said it this way. My people are destroyed. Not because lack of church attendance. Not because lack of offering. Not because of lack of maybe even trying. No, here's what he says. My people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. Knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. And thou shalt be no priest unto me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of God. I will also forget thy children. Listen very carefully. How is it 
that a church like Cross Point Baptist Church that has not even had its 10th anniversary yet is going to go into a building project. I don't mean to scare anybody. You shouldn't be scared of this at all. We serve a big God. We're talking about uh, millions of dollars that are going to be pumped into that property. Now, let me put it this way. Just in case you have the attitude, and I've not heard this at all, but just in case you ever have an attitude like maybe a deacon that I dealt with early on in my ministry, can I just tell you this? If a building costs $3 million and one person gets saved, friend, it was worth it. One soul. How much is a soul worth for all of eternity? Well, I just think that we ought to be. Well, listen, friend, that's good and that's great, but we're not investing here. We're investing for up there. And there's thousands of people in the Moses Lake area that need the gospel of Jesus Christ. But how can it be, listen, how can it be that a church after 10 years is now looking at building and buying property and the property's bought? How can that be? Bringing on staff and then taking those staff and training those staff and then sending them out and planning other churches. I mean, look, there's churches that exist. I don't know, Pastor Fountain. I would say, I would go as far to say maybe a hundred years churches that are not accomplishing what this church is accomplishing. I, know, I couldn't say it for sure, but I'm sure you know of some. How is that possible? Here it is. Our foundation is not upon religion. It's upon the Bible. It's not founded upon preference. It's upon the very word of God. It's not founded upon somebody's standard or what somebody thinks we ought to do. No, it's founded upon the very word of God. Listen now very carefully. But you and I are not to come in and week in, week out, receive the word of God from Pastor Dennis and then, well, yeah, that was a good sermon. And boy, I'm telling you, that was good. Listen very, very carefully. Congratulations, we know the Romans road, but if we're not sharing it, what good does it do? Congratulations, we know why we're Baptists. But I'm here to tell you, friend, if we don't put our walk with God into motion every day, it does this community no good. It doesn't do us any good to walk in, to receive the word, and just get fat every week. No, we ought to take what we are eating and share it with others. Why? Because life is but a vapor. It appeareth for a little while, and then it vanisheth away. It's over. It's done. At 37 years of age, honestly, for those of you who have been around for a little while, I I remember my grandparents, they used to talk about, oh, Thomas, yo, life is so fast. It just goes so fast. I don't know why I'm talking like that, but still, for (laughs) theatrical sakes, it just goes so fast. And I remember thinking as a little kid, no, it doesn't. I can't wait till I'm 15 and have my permit. And I can't wait till I'm 16 and I get my driver's license. And man, I can't wait till I graduate high school. And I can't wait till I go to Bible college. I can't wait till graduate Bible college. I can't wait to get married. And I can't wait to have kids. And I can't wait for real till my kids are out of the house. But I can't wait to, and we're always looking for the next stage, the next stage, the next stage. But I'm going to tell you, at 37 now, I just be honest, I feel like my life is flying. Pastor Dennis, was, it, was, it was yesterday you were saying you were going up here. And I was on the phone. I said, you sure? I mean, you, you really want to do that? I mean, is this, this is what you want to do? Raising money. This is, this is where God calls me. This is what I'm going to do. I feel like that was yesterday. And look at us. Now we're in our, our 30s. And, and we're going to be in our 40s and 50s. And before you know it, it's, just, it's done. 
What good does it do us just to keep eating? Oh, is it God good? Yes, he is. Oh, is it the Bible good? Yes. Oh, the foundation good. Oh, the doctrine, yes. Oh, I remember. It's good. But what Paul says here is, look, I wanted to leave you a gift. Look, this gift is not just for me. It's mine, and I want it. I want to keep it. It's for myself. No, I want to give it to others. May every one of our lives splash Jesus in such a way that it impacts this area with the gospel. Number five, if you want to write this down, number five, Christians have a caring heart, a caring heart. Look at verse number 12 here. It says this. He says, that is that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, but both of you and me. Do you see what he's saying here? Comforted together by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Paul had a caring heart. There's pastors that exist today that I feel like they're tearing down the faith by trying to separate over every little thing of your chairs don't match our chairs and your screens aren't the same size as our screens. And, and there's just always this heart. But, but what I love about even Pastor Dennis's dad is that he's always had the type of heart, watch very carefully, that it was caring. You know, people know if we care or not. They know. As Bert and Carrie and I were just talking this past week, I, I, I don't know, just the way God designed me, but I, I work at a fast pace. I just, I, I, it, I don't know, I just, <laughs> believe it or not, I just, I, I'm on the move all the time. I mean, if we flew back tonight, I'd be on the plane and there tomorrow and hit the ground run. This is a true story. You ready for this? I don't know why I'm going to bring this up. I'm going to brag on myself just for a minute, okay? This, we, we were moving from California just in December, and uh, Carrie... And uh, I, we had all of our stuff packed. We're going. And on Wednesday night, I went to church, got out of church. It's a true story, Pastor Frank. I am not exaggerating at all. Y'all ready for this? I'm just, just impressive. We're going to watch what very carefully. I left after church on Wednesday night. Me and our poodle and my son, and we got in our car. I drove all the way through the night, all night, Wednesday night. I drove all day Thursday from Lancaster, Los Angeles, California. I drove all day Thursday. I drove through the night, second night in a row, all night Thursday night. Got into Ohio, just on the other side of Indianapolis, Salina, Ohio, where Pastor Clayton is. Dropped our poodle, my car, and my son off. Went to Dayton, got, or excuse me, Columbus, got on an airplane, and my wife was picking me up back in California. You ready for this? In 48 hours. Are y'all not impressed by that? Come on now. There, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm here to tell you. You say, Pastor, would you do it again on your life? It's the stupidest thing I've ever done in my life. I'm here to tell you. But I, I, I am, and Carrie and I were talking, I, I am fast-paced. It's just how I work, and, and I just, I don't know, it's just the way God's wired me. But, you know, I get burdened at times when somebody comes up and says, Pastor, do you have just a second? Look, I know you're busy. You know, shame on me. Am I really too busy to give time to someone? You know, there's a lot of people in this church that are going through a lot of things. I know maybe you want to social distance right now or you're into fist bump or maybe you just shake hands or, or whatever the case might be. But you know, sometimes people just need a hug and just a little care The hey, I'm praying for you. You need anything? It's a caring heart of, I love you. 
Paul said that we may be comforted together in the faith. It's a, it's a heart that cares. You know, there's a verse in the Word of God that says this. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Can I just tell you, friend, there's a lot of Baptists around the United States that need to get back to that verse, being kind to each other. Forgive each other. Move on for him. A caring heart, but watch very carefully and we'll be done tonight. Christians have a purposed heart. Verse number 13, look at it with me, says this. Now I would not have you ignorant, brother, that oftentimes, look very carefully, I purpose to come unto you, but was led hitherto that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. I am a debtor both to the Greek and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. I think one of the most clearest verses in the word of God for Paul's love for the Lord and ministry was found in Philippians chapter number 1 when he says, According to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall not be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be life or by death, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. What is our purpose in life? What is our purpose this next week? What was our purpose this past week? Every one of us ought to have a purpose in life, and that purpose is to allow Jesus to shine his light through us. You know, all of us, I think, at one time or another had, for, especially for you grandmas in here this evening, or your grandpas, you remember this. Remember the furniture that you would have in your house, and that furniture that maybe some people looked at, but you, you never really touched Sometimes I remember at my great-grandmother's house, and she had this hutch, and this hutch was uh, this, I, I'm not even sure why she had it, but it was this hutch, and, and you would slide, I think it was this way, you'd slide this glass open, and it had plates, like what you would eat off of, and they were just displayed. I think it was called like fine china or something like that, but you never touched it. You just wouldn't go near it. My house, we actually had a chair that was in the shepherd family, and the shepherd family can be traced back. And we've always had one boy for the last several generations. My, my dad had a brother, but the brother never had any sons. And, and uh, my dad had one boy, and it was me. And, and then I have one boy, and that is Tommy. And before uh, my dad and him, it was grandpa, and grandpa was an only child. And he came from an uncle. Check this out. And that uncle, both of those uncles, there was two two of them. One was the chief engineer on the Titanic and went down and died on the Titanic. And so we have that one. So we have this long history of just one, one generation of man after man after man after man. And the cool thing is in the Shepherd family, we have this, this chair, this rocking chair. And I remember it very vividly that it had this kind of netting on it that, that it was beautiful and it was awesome. But you, you just, you, you never sat in it. No one ever. You don't know kids. Don't even touch it. Don't, don't even go near it. You just, you just look at it. That was it. And it was awesome. And it was nice. And it was good. It's beautiful. There's no doubt. And it was admired. Can I even put it this way? It was admired. It's a beautiful rocking chair. I don't even know how old, but let's just say very old, okay? I think at times 
That's kind of how we treat God. He's beautiful and he's great, but don't, don't get too close. Just admire him from a distance. Look at my God. He's great. And let me show him off. He's beautiful, isn't he? And, and you can look at it. But oh, whoa, whoa, don't, don't say it, it's, it, it's God. You, you just, you, 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 you don't, you don't sit on it. You just, you just look. Yet God really wants to be kind of like that Ikea couch in our life. The one you're always on. The one you're always with. The one you don't mind if kids get on. They're eating potato chips and why they can't use a napkin. I don't know why, but what do they do? They wipe their hands on the couch and you want to just smack them. No, I'm just kidding. And you look at and, and that's, that's who God wants to be in our life. God wants to be that, 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 that individual that's always with us and crying with us and laughing with us and there in the good times and in the bad times. God does not want to be this God that we come in, Pastor Dennis, and, and Pastor Dennis talks about him, but then we walk out and we, well, we really don't talk about him or think about him until I guess next Sunday when we come back in and, and again we open up our Bible and, and we're kind of embarrassed because we got to blow the dust off the cover of the old book. No, God wants to be so much more. He wants you and I to have a purpose in life and that purpose is to have a heart like Paul that says look I'm going to care and I'm going to share and I'm going to be there and I'm going to be praying for each other and, and it's not just once a week it's not just on a Wednesday night it's, it's not just maybe oh when we go door knocking every so many months or canvas the area no it's each and every day he's walking with you and I and he's talking with you and I and to be honest with you even in the hard times we think we're all alone we're not alone it's in those times that he's carrying us through and, and he loves us and, and isn't it amazing that at the times we think oh God doesn't want us and hey, it's, just, it's beautiful it's wonderful but I just don't know if I could ever touch it no no I love the story of the prodigal son that when the story is all done the dad comes out what does the dad do he doesn't sit there and scold him he doesn't sit there and chew him out he doesn't ball him out you know what the dad does he runs to meet his son and that is our savior running to meet you and I he's not up there looking at us saying, get yourself up out of the muck and dust yourself off and I'm so ashamed of you. No, he's down there and he's scooping us up like a little child and he's loving us and he's telling us it's going to be okay and he's telling us we're going to make it through and he's telling us to step out by faith, not on your own, but in the wisdom and, and the protection of God, friend. That is our Savior. That's the heart that you and I ought to desire to have tonight. That's the heart that God wants you and I to have. Each and every day. The heart of a Christian. This won't tell us how our spiritual condition is. The book that you hold in your hand, it can. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that it's been an encouragement to you. And if you'd like any further information about our church, we'd like to encourage you to visit mlbc.church.